to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. Joining me on the show now is Alberta country artist Trevor Panzak, and he has an album out now called Where I Go to Come Back, featuring the new single, Blame It on the Whiskey. We'll hear that song on the show, plus another track from that great album. My pleasure now to welcome Trevor to the show. How are you, Dave? I am doing wonderful, Trevor, and it's uh, great to have you here on the show the first time as a guest, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our chat. Well, me too, and I wanted to uh, thank you for having me on the program. Absolutely. Uh, as I said, we've got a couple of your songs coming up, and uh, I love the name of your website, trevortown.com. Tell me the story behind Trevortown. First and foremost, uh, it's a lot easier to spell Trevortown than it is to spell Trevor Panzak, <laughs> so we thought we'd make it easy on everybody. <laughs> and uh, I, grew up, uh, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up on a farm. Uh, south of a little town called McGrath, Alberta, and uh, just you know, I do have some major uh, grassroots and farm roots right right in uh, southern Alberta, and I, I thought it was a good fit for for my brand and, and who I am and what I represent. So uh, I always remember my roots, no matter where I go. And every time uh, you know, I recommend people going to Trevor Town. It just makes me think of home. Love that. That is so cool. Trevortown dot com. And, you know, you grew up, as you said, in a small town and, and that kind of lifestyle, and yet it's not always about country music. That is a part of it, because I know that you grew up listening to uh, the Hanks, probably, uh, you know, Hank Snow, Hank Williams, all the great Hanks from country music, Merle Haggard. But you also had, uh, uh, in your house, you were listening to Elvis and Abba. So you got a well-rounded exposure to music. Yeah, from the from those guys to the Beatles to Engelbert Humperdinck, I mean, there was, uh, and my brother, and those were my, what my parents liked, and so you're exposed to, of course, you get exposed to whatever they're liking, and then my older brothers, they like, you know, some rock and roll, and, and uh, like Prince and Michael Jackson and and uh, Rolling Stones, and and so mm-hmm. there was definitely a, a big old variety, and I don't talk about my brother's uh, love of music as much as I should, but yeah, there was definitely a wide arrangement of, uh, of genres that growing up on the farm. Now, who but for my, you, Trevor? But my dad, but my, dad my, my dad never really, I should know that my dad never really did like rock yeah. and roll, so yeah. my brothers always had to be a little more careful about when they were blaring it, right? <laughs> <laughs> was your dad strictly into country music? Yeah, he was a huge country music fan. He, he had a, he had a, he was, like I said, he was, he was a farmer and, uh, and he uh, was one of the first bands he had a he had a just a good old boy band called the the country boys and back in the day they were one of the very first ba- bands to go into the bars when they the uh, alberta liquor and gaming control board lifted the ban on on live entertainment in bars so he always kind of had that one little oh, thing wow. uh, under his belt that that's what he did when he was younger yeah, my dad was the same as far as he wasn't into rock and roll. He was strictly a country music fan. It was Hank Williams, Hank Snow, uh, Kitty Wells, Webb Pierce, you know, all the greats, uh, George Jones. But Hank Williams was his main guy. So 
I grew up with that around the house, so I got a lot of exposure to old country music, classic stuff before I discovered uh, stuff in the 80s that was, you know, Alabama and Restless Heart and all those acts that were coming coming on the scene. Yeah, well, that, your dad and my dad were, must have been cut from the same cloth because my dad's number one <laughs> guy was, was Hank Williams, and when we got to go to Nashville yeah. for the first time and we went to the the, uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame, that was his shining moment when we could stand beside a, a figurine of uh, a cardboard cutout of Hank Williams and get his picture beside him. Right. Wow, that would have been an amazing moment for sure. Uh, your influences, so the artist that you uh, got into and, and got you excited about pursuing music, who would they be? Who are those special ones in your life? Well, i got to start, I guess, with, I'd have to... I'd be a fool not to say my, it was my dad because of uh, he played guitar and he had a guitar in the corner of his office and he'd be playing songs for us and 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 uh, you know from so uh, on top of that I would say that uh, you know the Johnny Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard like I got this Merle Haggard fever when I was in my mid-teens that that uh, I couldn't shake it and I. I bought books. I bought his autobiography. I got his box set, um, and that was a, that was after I was bitten by uh, George Strait and Garth Brooks, mm-hmm. and I. So I, I, I you know, and and I'm I'm just a. You wouldn't. I don't think you. If you saw me, you wouldn't think I was a nerd. But I was. I'm definitely a country music nerd because I just love it, and I love <laughs> to read. I love to read up on it, and and. Uh, so I, I'll yeah, yeah. take that uh, that uh, classification anytime that I'm a country music nerd. But those guys, like <laughs> I said, uh, George, George Strait, uh, Garth Brooks, Merle Haggard. Uh, I couldn't get enough of uh, Jerry Reed and that Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack when I was a little kid. So right, those those guys, those guys right there gave me the gave me the disease. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard to shake that disease once you get into country music. I mean, you mentioned the the whole country music nerd thing. I mean, I grew up in um, you know in Scarborough, and so it's obviously not a small town, and I didn't know a lot of country music fans back in the day. But I would always buy Country Song Roundup, which not everybody knows, but it's sort of like Country Weekly, but it had the song lyrics, and it's not published anymore. But for years, I would buy and collect these, and there'd be articles about songwriters and the artists, and of course the song lyrics, so I consider myself a country music nerd too, because I don't just want to listen to it, I want to read about it, and know more about it, so I join you in that uh, category. So do you still have your copies of that? You know what, I actually do, I think I have gotten rid of of some of them over the years, uh, when you make moves and different things, but I still have a good collection, probably a couple hundred of them easily, of between Country Weekly and Country Song Roundups, which now and then I'll go back and, you know, and read again. My grandma used to, you know, when I started really showing signs of love in it, she would actually, she subscribed to it, and then she would, she was awesome, man. She passed away a couple of years ago, but she would, she would tag pages for me to, of things to read that she oh. thought that I would find interesting, and, uh, make little notes for me to, you know, make sure you check this out or, or here's a, here's a song that I heard you sing and here's all the lyrics in case you need it for later. And, and I've oh, got wow. all of those from the country song roundup. So I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I used to love that. Yeah. And I've got a couple of, and they used to come with uh, a posters inside every once in a while. Maybe it was every issue. I can't yep. remember, but they would, they'd have those full color 
posters were on one side. I've got one in my basement right now. One side is, I've got more. One side was uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, and the other side was Reba McIntyre. And of course, Reba McIntyre is the one that I show in my right. basement. But, but, but those were, <laughs> those are cool memories that I have yeah. uh, that I cherish. Oh, I used to look forward to buying them, and uh, yeah, getting into them, reading, and and just just consuming it all. And uh, like I say, I still have a lot of those, which I uh, have a proud collection of. Uh, let's turn to some music now, and then we've got lots more to uh, chat about, Trevor. But uh, the album, as I mentioned, is called Where I Go to Come Back. And one cool thing about this is a bunch of the tracks in here, there's 13 altogether, but about seven of them were produced by Bob Funk, who not only is an amazing producer, but he is married to the wonderful and amazingly talented songwriter Patricia Conroy. Absolutely, and she's uh, she truly is a national treasure, and uh, she is an icon in the Canadian country music industry, not only as a songwriter, uh, but also as a an artist. And uh, just mm-hmm. very fortunate that those two folks, uh, you know, uh, are who they are. And and I love Bob Funk. I love Patricia, and uh, and I've gotten to love him more as as, as our relationship has built and uh, our friendship has strengthened. But man, he he is truly one of the hardest working guys I know. He is so meticulous and he's, he's a gentleman and you, you'd never know that he's as good as he is because he's just, uh, he's just, uh, well, he's a gentleman. Amazing. Does a producer, uh, in this case, Bob, does he bring out something in your vocal performance? Is that a key role of a producer? Not only the, obviously the instruments and in in producing the track, but uh, coaching you or uh, leading you in a vocal delivery way? Um, I, I wouldn't say that he coaches. I think he definitely leads leads you in a, in the direction where, you know, he knows these songs inside out, uh, perhaps better. Well, the, the amount of hours he spent on these songs, uh, he would definitely know these songs better than I do. But uh, you know, we both put our time into learning them, and and uh, sometimes having Bob there as an objective set of ears. You know, you think you're doing a delivery that's working, but he hears it as a consumer at the time of the recording. And he, he was always there to just, you know, maybe try this and, and maybe try that. And then he was also very willing to allow me to bring in a friend of mine who's a vocal coach named Diane Sheets, who I met through the co-producer on the record, Michael D. Clute. And uh, when I was first starting out in the serious recording world, uh, Mike was working with me and I, and, and, that goes back to 2008 and I wasn't, I wasn't expressing myself the way that the song should have, the representation of the song should have been. So he, uh, he brought Diane in and between the two of them, he helped basically graduate from a, uh, you know, bar level singer to someone who does, does in the recording studio. And, and so I have Diane, Michael D. Clute and Bob Funk to thank for, for my advancement in that category for sure. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, let's turn to a song uh, from the new album. It's the current single called Blame It on the Whiskey. And uh, tell me a bit about this song, Trevor. Well, Blame It on the Whiskey is a song that was written by John Wiggins and Bob and Clint Moffat. And uh, if you remember them, uh, they were teen sensations as the uh, as the Moffats. And, uh, Absolutely. They definitely have major country roots, and they've got this great thing going on called In the Summer Now that... Uh, 
We heard them at the Calgary Stampede, and they're doing great things. Yeah. And they've been writing. They've been writing hard and working at their craft for a long time. And and Bob Funk uh, pitched me this song, and I immediately liked it. Um, and I so I sent it to Sean Sakamoto, who's been helping me with some things up here. Uh, and he he messaged me back. He said, "If you don't record that song, you're a fool." And Daddy never raised no fool, my friend. So we recorded it, and we're so glad we did. <laughs> Uh, because we, man, we've been playing this song at all these summer festivals that we did throughout the the year, and it's been going over really well live, and we're 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 really uh really happy with with the song and and how it's it's climbing the charts right now on Canadian radio. We just cracked into uh, sitting at number seventy last week, so we're on the move. Awesome, it's all good. Yes, that is very exciting. Let's hear the song now from my guest, Trevor Panzak. This is Blame It on the Whiskey on In the Country. Just one thing 
That is Alberta's own Trevor Panzak, and the song is called Blame It on the Whiskey. Uh, it's part of his album, Where I Go to Come Back. You can head online to iTunes, of course, and uh, get that song and the rest of the album. And check out Trevor at trevortown.com. Uh, you've had a chance to open up for some pretty big names, and I want to ask you about that and how cool it must be uh, to open up for the audiences that come to see these big bands and they're getting to know you if they didn't know you already. But, uh, you know, you've opened up for the Zach Brown Band, Keith Urban, Lady A, and even Canada's own Michelle Wright. What are those experiences like? Uh, they're just dream come true because, you know, when, when I was a kid growing up and uh, on the farm, you know, you'd listen to the, these radio, the radio and you'd hear Michelle Wright and... and for instance, and like take it like a man, and all her great, like all these great hits from from another icon and, and uh, legend in Canadian, not just Canada, but in the U.S. as well. And then you work at your craft, and then and and you get an opportunity to open up and share the stage with with someone like Michelle. Mm-hmm. And we did that a few years ago, and we did we show we did a show last year with Patricia, and and like you said, Zach Brown, and. And Mark Chestnut earlier this year up in Grand Prairie, and oh, nice! Like this, these are un, these are just unbelievable times, and and uh, you know you kind of got to pinch yourself because you know you you put all this work in, and you and you, you don't expect those kind of things to happen, but they do because you you persevere and you and you remain persistent in in your love of the music, and those are the great things that come with it that uh, you just can't be more thankful for and i i guess i should maybe even if you don't mind i i got to do a, a yeah. tour with with don williams a few years ago who was one of my heroes and, oh, wow. and uh and and my dad you know he played don williams all the time and in fact when he was uh sick with cancer uh, he passed away in 2003 and we went through his music room and in his cd player the last album that he was listening to was uh don williams greatest hit so so I oh took that goodness. CD with me on the road and, and a couple of, like my dad used to handwrite all these songs out for us to learn on. And so I took that and the Bob McDill songbook and my guitar. And, and I, on, on the fourth show, I finally gained enough courage to ask uh, his road manager if he would mind signing. And I told him, told him the story and he said, Oh, he doesn't really do that kind of thing, but I'll, I'll chat with him. And he signed everything, everything. Oh, and it was so it was nice. just awesome. Yeah, and and then he passed away here at the CCMA week, Dave, and there was this mm-hmm. magical thing that happened. I, I heard that he passed away, and I phoned up. I had his road manager's number, and I phoned up Gus and offered my condolences to him. We had a nice little chat before the showcase I had at the CCMA week in Saskatoon, and he said, make sure you tell Sakamoto's and the team there that I worked with in the past, uh, thank you for the memories on behalf of myself and Don. So I was... I was talking about that and I was talking about that story that I just told you about my dad and, and his, and, and the CD. And, and when I was telling this story, Dave, right, right about then the power went out in this bar. Oh my goodness. It was like hair raising. It was wow. like one of these God moments that you could never, you could never put a price tag on that. So we waited yeah. around a little bit and, and the, funny thing is like the building beside us on the right the building beside us on the left they didn't have any power outage it was just that one bar and so we waited for a while and didn't seem like anything was going to get turned back on so 
we had uh, Steve Cody from Warner Music uh, tell the MC of the of the showcase, hey, why don't you tell everybody to just kind of bring it down a bit, and then Trevor will sing acoustics, like total acoustic songs. So and we were fortunate mm-hmm. to have Bob Funk. Bob Funk was there with us, and our bass player Ray Bamman, and and so we did it acoustic, just uh, Bob and I. And it was, I, I changed up my set. I wanted to give pay my respects to one of my heroes. And we did Lord, I Hope This Day Is Good by Don Williams. And right on the last mm-hmm. line of the song, when I sang the word Lord, the lights came back on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. It, it was you like you can't I... put a price on that. You can't know why it happens other than it's it's pretty powerful and i was a puddle the rest of the day (laughs) yeah but it was uh no i was i was i felt very connected to him and and i always uh thought of him as a hero and and i didn't even know the guy and and then that that there was a couple videos that went online and you couldn't believe how many people started just sharing their stories with for a love of don williams and mm-hmm. people thanking me for for singing that Don Williams song, and that just it just kind of showed the power of what Don Williams did, and that's what I that's the whole essence of me that I keep in mind when I record something. <laughs> Excuse me, um, when I record something, I, I I keep in mind my heroes and all that all that country nerd stuff that I used to do as a kid, and 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 devour all that information. I I right keep those guys on my forefront of my mind as I record material and try and, you know, I remember, I know that I'm standing on the shoulders of all those guys that came before me as I try to have a a today and current sound in in the country music world. So there you have it. Absolutely, Trevor, and people out there, your your fans and new fans who listen to you will hopefully feel similar when you're singing as you did to Don Williams, you know, and, and the circle continues and, and they get moved by your songs, which I know they do. And I mean, yeah, Don, what a voice. I was of course a huge fan of his as well. And, uh, would buy his albums yeah. and just loved his relaxing voice, but great songs and, uh, just such a great sound. He was one of my favorites too. Yeah. You can't go wrong with putting Don Williams on. That's for sure. No, great, great voice. Uh, Persistence in the business, you know, Trevor, as you know, is so important. And I talk to other artists and at different levels of their career. And there's definitely a point where an artist can give up because they've tried for a couple of years or five or ten, whatever amount, and they've made some success, but they're not where they want to be at that level that I guess you say, well, you've made it, which is different for everybody. But what would you say to somebody listening and, and to yourself, which, which you know you would do as an artist, whenever you get to those points where it's not going as fast as you want it to, or you haven't reached the goals quite yet, how do you sort of keep yourself focused and, and in the game? That's a very good question. And, uh, and I, and I have struggled with that even, even lately, you know, where you just, uh, but you got to put yourself, you got to, you got to find a way to give yourself a reality check and whether it's uh, going to a loved one or someone, if you're in the if you're doing it with that passion. And, and I would say if you don't, if you're not madly in love with it, it can't, it, you can't live without it, then don't try it because there will be a lot of times where you get kicked in the teeth and you just, it'll make you want to give up. And if you don't have that drive and the love for it, then find something that you do have and, and pursue that. Um, so, you know, I, I've, I've leaned a little bit on some of my bandmates. I got a, I got a really good woman at home that helps me push forward. And if you can lean on, if you surround yourself with a good team and uh, they'll, 
they'll help put things into perspective. And, and man, for those guys that I have been persistent that long, like myself, and there's a lot, a lot of us out there, we have a lot to be thankful for, for, for as far as we've come, because, because we have survived and we haven't given up and, and man, I, I'm sitting at number 70 on the chart this week, and there, there's a lot of people in this country that would right. give their give their eye teeth for for mm-hmm. that position. So I don't have anything to complain about. I mean, I could, but but we are in a, <laughs> we are in a good place, and and yep. we stay busy with our shows. And I work I work. This is what I do full time. And and even though we're not at the top of the chart, it it you ha- it doesn't mean you're not doing the right things. And you have to. Take Absolutely. a minute to ask yourself what what your measure of success is, and there's such a small percentage of the world that is, uh, you know, going to be your number, your top ten guys, your A level guys in the industry is what I'm trying to say. So, and that goes mm-hmm. for anything, whether it's it's business or or whatever. Like, just if you can uh, maybe have another look at what you define as success, then maybe you'll take some pressure off yourself and you can move forward and be be happy with what you have. You yep. still have a, a desire to, to, to grow and move forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very good words. And it's uh, people have different definitions of success. And, uh, but as you said, you know, if you have that passion for the music that will get you through those times. Um, Cause you just love doing it so much that that's its own reward that the music itself is. Let's start, let's talk about the album. We have another song to play in a few moments, but uh, 13 great tracks in here. Was it tough Trevor to nail uh, the song list down to the, to the 13 that ended up on the album from however many you had written and, uh, and found for it to consider? It sure was. And, uh, and if I could maybe even just t- one last little touch on that last question of yours, you know, this sure. persistence thing, we had the best summer that we've ever had. Um, and I wouldn't be able to share that Don Williams story that I, that I shared with you from three years ago, if I wasn't persistent to that point. And this year we uh, got to share the stage with another couple of heroes like Mark Chestnut and Willie Nelson. And, and there was three years of persistence from that point that, and that, that's like just wow. two, two highlights. And there, there's so many, like, you know, there, there's going to be times and you just have to remember that, you know, whether it's a little kid coming up to you and thinking that you're, Garth Brooks and you're just Trevor Panzak from McGrath, Alberta, but he looks at you like you are Garth Brooks. Those are the those are the yeah. moments that make it worthwhile. But anyway, amazing and Willie Nelson before, before we get back to the album when you when you dropped Willie Nelson's name, I've got to ask, did you get a chance to uh say hi to Willie and meet him at all? He had total lockdown on the backstage, so he pulled up in his bus and I stood there and watched him pull up, took my hat off and as he drove by and, and we just stayed on one side of the stage and he was on the other with just his road crew and Kenny Hess right. from the Rock and River Music Fest was the guy that put put everything on and he was the one man oh, nice. that got to meet and Willie Nelson actually invited him up on stage to play in the last song with Casey Musgraves and her band and and uh, I think all of us lived that moment through Kenny <laughs> because he was just in his glory, as as you can well imagine, and, and we shared that oh, with yeah. him, that, and it was it was amazing. Incredible! Uh, so yeah. thirteen songs on this album, uh, which yeah. which are all incredible, and uh, we've played one already. Blame it on the whiskey, and another one on the way. Uh, so it was tough, a eh, to narrow down to that choice from all the ones you had on the table. Oh man, we uh, we went through a bunch of demos, and uh, I did a bunch of writing, and. Uh, this this project 
they started in night in 2011. So we're, we're, we've been working on this for quite some time. And, and when we were like, I was writing for this and, and then we started getting these other songs in and the other songs in. And, and so my list of songs, I had seven songs on this that was going to be on this record at one point. And, uh, and it whittled down and whittled down because it's just, you know, you got to do what you think is best for the, the entire project. And, and uh, if to, before you knew it, I just had one song left <laughs> on the record and, <laughs> because these other songs were coming in. And we, I just, man, we got to do this song. Wow. And so, so that's just the way it goes. But these other songs are still in the can. And doesn't mean that maybe somewhere down the road we can use them at some point. But, yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's always an interesting process when you're choosing songs for the record. I'll bet. And that's got to be tough decisions because, obviously, I mean, there's that saying, the best song wins. But as a songwriter, you want to have that represented, I'm sure. Uh, so it's got to be tough. But as you just said there, you're looking for the best songs regardless of who wrote them. You just want to record great songs. That's right. And uh, fortunately, with all the lessons I learned from, from uh, Mike and Diane, and uh, they, they helped me be able to even choose the right songs. And the ones that Bob Funk was pitching me, they just, man... You're also looking for Canadian content, and so these uh, mm-hmm. some of these songs were written by Danik Dupel from Emerson Drive and Tebe Auto and Patricia. And, nice. Uh, at the same time, we've also got some great songs from some American artists on there that that uh, like Dustin Lynch and and uh, Steve Bogard, who's written uh, a dozen number ones already now, if not more. Oh wow! So we've got a great variety. Of songwriters and and my whole goal if i ever got a hit out of one of these that that i would get the attention of the songwriter and have a chance to maybe sit down in a songwriter uh uh scenario with them and and, and write something together yeah that'd be cool absolutely i love that idea and uh just out of interest uh patricia conroy as we mentioned we all know her and love her and she's an amazing songwriter which which uh song on here is one she wrote uh, she wrote "Hot Mess," nice, and uh, and "Tan Line," I believe. Ooh, very intriguing! Both sure. both are very intriguing titles. They make you wonder what is this song about. <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to go and find <laughs> out. You're welcome anytime at Trevor Town. <laughs> trevortown.com and uh, the two Patricia songs there Hot Mess and Tan Line I love those titles uh, that's so cool let's turn to a song on here that I know this is one that Bob Funk produced as he produced about seven on this album but I was reading up that this is one he indeed did uh, I Can Be the Lover and uh, again some great writers I think the Moffats again are uh, writers on this one on I Can Be the Lover yeah is that the one you yes that one and Blame It on the Whiskey it's Moffitt's and John Wiggins and uh we just Beautiful. had a blast actually we actually had a blast even doing the video. I I had a friend of mine, Dan Berdusco, who does a lot of great work right in Lethbridge. Uh we brainstormed with my bass player who does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for me, Ray Bandman. And we uh come up with a little script and, and we wanted to do it local as possible and we recorded it in Lethbridge downtown and and just uh like I said I'm pl- proud of my roots, and I just wanted to showcase uh, my city and some of my friends. And uh, it came together, and we we, uh, we we loved the process of even the video. 
Videos are fun, right? Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other night who had made a video, and she was, uh, you know, it was interesting to her because, of course, you don't always shoot it in sequence. So you're doing these scenes, and then she was amazed at how the, you know, the order that they were putting these shots in. And so even though you were part of the filming, when you watch it for the first time, you're kind of surprised, you know, in a good way because you're just seeing how it's all put together. Yeah. Yeah, you just uh... – and, and and it was uh, the the way we did it. We actually ran, we the way we did. I, I could be the lever. We did it uh, timeline. Basically, the whole timeline was just how it was laid out. But I did uh, timeline and for a girl with uh, Troy Neimans, who's a, been nominated for a number of video of the year awards. And um, it's all over the place. You, you you don't even know what to expect. But at the end of the day, it, it sure comes together and. And the, how how you decide to take, you know, I don't know how many hours of footage, a, a full day's worth, and, and bump it down into mm-hmm. three and a half minutes, it's, it's just, it's it's painful. But it has to be done, and that's just the process, and uh, that's, the, that's the magic of it all. That's such a big part, and of course, that's on the uh, producer and editors, but you're right, taking all that footage from the day and then, choosing the best parts of it and putting it to match the song as far as the story and other stuff that's got to match to, but that part in itself has got to be a big, uh, big ordeal. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's why I'm glad I can just bow out and let them <laughs> do most of the editing. I just, I just get to come back and say, yay or nay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's turn to I Can Be the Lover. And uh, we mentioned, you know, the writers again, the moths on it. Maybe tell me just a little bit about the song and then we'll uh, play it here on the show. Sure. Um, like I said, I, I Can Be the Lover is another song that Bob pitched to me. And, and uh, it's one of those songs that I, I enjoyed hearing the demo because I knew, uh, because I have a falsetto range, that this was going to be one of those showcase type pieces for me that I could. Uh, sh- show what I can do uh, with my range and and I just love the message uh, it's uh, you know it, it, it's about some a, a person that breaks up and they're going through a little bit of a tough time and there's uh, been that admirer from a distance that's finally getting the courage to tell that person how he feels and wants to be more than just a friend and it's a big gamble because you don't want to lose the friend at the same time but Mm-hmm. And if it if it uh, strikes big, then it, then it's going to be worth it. So that's the, that's the yeah. story and the, the strength of the struggle that that comes with that. Let's hear the song now from my guest, Alberta country artist Trevor Panzak. This is "I Can Be the Lover" on In the Country. Smile like your 
It's amazing how fast a memory fades. You'll forget about him and yesterday. Just spend a little time with someone new. Baby, what you got to lose? I can make you feel like a clear blue sky. You got new wings, ain't it time to fly? I can make you laugh again until it hurts. First time feelings and fireworks are like a The song is I Can Be the Lover, and that is on his new album called Where I Go to Come Back. Thirteen great tracks on there, about seven of them produced by Bob Funk. And that album, available at iTunes. Check Trevor out at trevortown.com. And, man, it's been such a pleasure having you here and getting to chat about the music and about your career so far. Thanks so much for being here, Trevor. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, thank you for your time. And I just, you know, we... we, uh, we love all the work that uh, both the producers done with that record, and uh, that includes uh, Michael D. Clude, who's a Grammy Award-winning producer, and our hard-working friend in Nashville, Bob Funk, along with all the guys that uh, that mixed and mastered the the record for us, and uh, and the writers, and we just couldn't be more thankful for everything that everybody contributed to helping me move forward with my career. That is awesome. Yeah, there, there's so much. Uh, so many members of the team, right? We know the name Trevor Panzak. Some of these other names we might not know as well, but they are instrumental, no pun intended, to uh, to make <laughs> your career happen. That's right. <laughs> and it's a lot like football. Like a lot of people don't uh, wouldn't know the offensive guard's name, but he's the guy that makes way for the for the right. for the quarterback to do his sneak, or, or you know, it's it's all a team effort, is what I'm trying to say, and. And there's yep. a lot of names and a lot of people that I hold near and dear to my heart. And, uh, um, you know, the, the more you get to know us, the more the more you hear these names pop up. And uh, 
I hope that we can uh, chat again sometime. Absolutely. I look forward to that, Trevor. Once again, my guest has been Alberta country artist Trevor Panzak. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.